Welcome to Maybe You're Interested, a weekly podcast where we discuss topics in culture, questions from scripture, or things that we just find humorous or interesting. This podcast is brought to you by Northview Church in Kodak, Tennessee, and you can reach out to us anytime by visiting our website at www.mynorthview.church. Thanks for joining us. And now, on to this week's episode. Hello and welcome to Maybe You're Interested, a podcast of Northview Church. I'm joined as always by Mr. Jesse Kate. Say hello, Jesse Kate. Hey guys, how's it going? Say hi, Mom and Dad. <laughs> I, that's a, they understand. It's a hi whenever I get on here. They get it. Uh, okay, whatever. <laughs> I don't have say to say so. anything. And tonight we have a very special guest, Jesse's wife, the better half, the one that's we right. all like better, Miss <laughs> uh, Megan Kate, our worship leader here at Northview Church. Say hello, Megan. Hello. Tell everybody something special about yourself that doesn't know you, because we've got all these brand new listeners. Oh, gosh. Like dozens. Um, I'm pregnant, and I just felt the baby kick today for the first time. Uh, I thought you meant right now. I was like, oh, this is good. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not right now. <laughs> yeah. Is that all you got? Nothing uh, else exciting? Tell me something about her, Jesse. Well, um, she really likes reality TV. Um, this is more embarrassing than exciting. I feel like you're just taking this on, just a, remember she's on a downturn. She will take it out on you. Oh, no, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm comfortable. <laughs> now, um, Megan, is uh, she's our worship leader here at Northview Church. And, I already uh, said that. Yeah, I know. And she's a music teacher at school, and she actually just accepted a new position at Gibbs Elementary. So it hasn't next been announced yet, man. It has. Oh, it's official. It. We're allowed yeah, to talk about it, it now. Yeah. Well, a couple of weeks ago, we did a, a podcast on worship ministry, and we didn't bother having Megan um, be a part of that. <laughs> I'm still mad about that. I was her proxy. It was a terrible, she said. terrible idea on <laughs> Jesse and I's part, maybe yes. Jesse's part, because he yep. was married to the worship leader and didn't think to bring you along. Um, but tonight we're going to tackle a topic that we really needed your input on because two guys talking about this, well, we would just yeah, seem like jerks. Wouldn't make sense. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, the topic we're going to talk about tonight is one that's been bubbling up in Southern Baptist life for like 100 years. And yeah. it just keeps coming back over and over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And that is the idea of women in ministry. And uh, Southern Baptist Convention's coming up in just a couple of weeks. Are you going? I'm planning on going. Yeah, I thought you said um, you were. I've got, got, I'm, I got my registration in in a hotel, but it's also my birthday that week. And Christy can't go with me. So. Oh, man. So I don't want to really spend my birthday with Chris Slager. Yeah, no, I get that. You know, But anyways, because he's going if Christy doesn't go. But that's not even on the topic. Thanks for getting me. <laughs> Not a problem. Off Southern track. Baptist Convention. <laughs> so, uh, apparently, it's coming up yet again with the Southern Baptist Convention. And it's coming up for a couple of very specific reasons. I don't know how much you all follow this kind of stuff. So, just to let our listeners know why this is a topic yet again. Because this topic should have been settled. I mean, it should be settled by now in the yeah. church. Um, it's been discussed so many times. But... Here recently, uh, Beth Moore left the Southern Baptist Convention, not because she disagrees with necessarily 
the convention's stance on women in ministry, mm-hmm. but she does disagree with some of the positions the convention has taken on just women in general and not defending women in some particular circumstances. And we won't okay. get into all that unless Megan wants to, but she's probably not even. No, I'm good. Women. But the big one and the, the big reason this may come up uh, at the convention next month is uh, Saddleback Church, which is the largest church in the Southern Baptist Convention. It's in Texas? Not even close. Yeah. California? I was pretty close. Yeah. Pretty uh-huh. close. You're about halfway, halfway yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, it's pastored by Rick Warren, who is probably the most famous pastor in the Southern Baptist Convention. I uh, wrote Purpose Driven Lives. Besides Greg Rains. Who's that? <laughs> I've not heard of him. Not heard of him. Uh, anyways. Well, about two or three weeks ago, uh, they ordained three women into the pastorate, and it has caused um, a lot of controversy within the Southern Baptist Convention. Yeah. Now, the women they ordained, they did not ordain as lead pastors. That's their reasoning behind it. I mean, they had actually been on staff there for years. I think they said between the three, they had a combined 70 years of experience oh, wow. or 50 wow. years, something like A lot of years yeah. combined between them. Their roles aren't changing. They just got got the title and the ordination. Mm-hmm. So that's why it is bubbling back to the surface. So before we kind of dig into this, let me get your initial thoughts on what you think of women in ministry in general. And we'll start with the woman in ministry, Jesse. <laughs> oh, no. I said Jesse. Oh, okay. okay. Well, yeah, that was a little confusing. Yeah, but I was uh, you down, man. Yeah, I think Megan was just saying it was a hard no, so you were like, I'll just go over there. Um, yeah, I think uh, – I think for me, I think, um, and we just looked at this, and Megan just asked about this, but like I feel like uh, men and women complement each other so so well and everything, and that's how God made us to be compatible together. Um, I think that there's things that I can do as a man, um, and that Megan can do as a woman that will complement each other, not only in day to day life, but also in church life, and doing some of those things as well. Um, and while I think that um, women do have a very important and a vital role in the growth and in the day-to-day um, kind of business of our church. Um, I, I don't know if I feel that they're called to ministry per se. Um, and, you know, I think that there's, for me personally, I think that there is uh, biblical evidence of that. And I think, you know, it talks clearly about that in the Bible. Um, so for me, it's always been kind of a black and white, um, but maybe Megan will change my mind. I don't know. <laughs> now, when you say called to ministry, do you mean specifically as a pastor? Yeah, I mean specifically as a pastor. Yeah, your wife is <laughs> yes, yeah. ministry leader. Yeah, she, no, she is. So we got problems. But anyways, <laughs> um, Megan, what's your thoughts? Uh, well, yes, I am a woman and I am the worship leader here. So um, I do think women serve a vital role in the ministry of the church. Um uh, we have a women's children's director here, or not a women, a woman who is a children's director here, yeah. um, and we have women's Bible studies who are led by women, um, and so I think um, women really do a lot of work in the church. Yeah. Um, women pastors, I just read in First Timothy coming over here. Um, Hopefully that, not while you're driving. Well, we won't talk about that because... That's against the law, and I would never read read while I'm driving. Um, Anyways, um, and so 
it I mean the Bible is clearly is pretty specific on that um, so that's where I stand uh, we are a Southern Baptist church and we support the Baptist faith and message uh, which is our doctrine that was mm-hmm. adopted in 2000 was the most recent one recent version of that and the statement from that uh, is while both men and women are gifted for service in the church the office of pastor is limited to men as qualified by scripture. So the first question I've got, if if that is how we as a convention, as Southern Baptist, define that. Now, we're autonomous churches. Each sure. church can kind of have their own uh, thoughts on many things. But when we agree to the Baptist faith and message, we agree to hold, hold fast to that. Uh, what should a woman's role in church leadership look like? I think women have a huge role in church leadership. Um, As we talked about before, we just look at our church. We have a ton of women um, in leadership positions here at our church. Um, So I think women in ministry outside of the pastor um, is vital to, to to the church and to our growth as a church. I would agree. Jesse? Yeah, and I think, um, you know, and... You know, we're talking about the church, and I feel like we're almost talking about it in in the context of these four walls, but um, just outside of these four walls, I know I've had a lot of influential Christian women in my life. Uh, Megan, obviously, is at the top of my list. Um, Yeah, it was. It was. It used to be my mom, but now it's it's Megan. Sorry, mom. Um, I think it should still be you, Linda. (laughs) Yeah, but no, um, between my mom, both of my mamaws, um, the great grandmother that I got to know, uh, all the women on Megan's side, um, you know, there are a lot of great women Christian leaders um, that have poured into me so much. And, you know, I don't know where I would be as a Christian man without that kind of support and without that kind of love. And, uh, you know, my dad growing up, um, and my dad too, I respect so much a great Christian man. He could be a little rougher. Um, whenever I was growing up specifically now, he's just kind of, uh, he's not as rough, but, um, you know, I, I think especially growing up with, with my dad always leading the family, um, and having that kind of rough voice, just having my mom, there as well as kind of that soft, gentle nurturing um, and just able to help me through so many things. So um, I think just I think we need to think of it outside of these four walls as well and all, all the things that women do for us. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, talking to other pastors around the community that, you know, I, I'm in meetings and things with there. Almost every single one of them have a woman in some sort of leadership role, whether it be children's ministry, worship ministry. Whatever it may be, yeah. almost everyone that I know has has a woman somewhere in leadership, whether it's a paid staff member or a volunteer or whatever yeah. it may look like. But where where the line seems to be um, with most of the people I speak with and from what I'm hearing um, is being talked about for the Southern Baptist Convention is the ability of women or the permissibility of women to teach in the church and they go back to a passage that's first timothy two twelve. i do not permit a woman to teach or to assume authority over a man so the next question on the list is should women be permitted to teach in the church and i know that's a controversial thing to talk about so let's share sure. our feelings and then go from there and we'll start with uh, whoever wants to start yeah i'll i'll, I'll start um i think for me 
Um, and, you know, I, I did some research uh, before we kind of jumped into this today. And, and I think, too, um, is that, that is this is one that I struggle with because that is a very clear uh, passage in the Bible. But growing up, you know, I've had women as Sunday school teachers, as small group leaders, um, different things like that. And I've personally never I've never seen an issue with them teaching in that role. And what I would like to know is, and Greg, maybe you can shed some light on this. Where is that kind of coming from? Is that a, I don't permit them to teach anything if a man is involved? Or, or I guess, what are your thoughts on that? We'll, we'll get Megan's first. Okay. <laughs> then I'll share mine. Okay. That's fair, Megan. Well, yeah, I mean, I have, I have taught in the church um and i do feel like one of my spiritual gifts is teaching and so i don't I feel so like you're a teacher. <laughs> yes <laughs> i am a teacher <laughs> um but i don't i don't i understand yes this is in the bible but um this is one verse and it's not in context yeah. with the the passage um and so i would hope and assume that paul is not saying women should not be teachers when so many women feel called as that is their spiritual gift. Right. So my understanding of this passage in particular, um, and, and I've got it here with me and you said you'd taken a look at it before, but president of the Southern Baptist convention is a, a pastor named JD Greer. Who yeah. I think you all have heard of He's mm-hmm. at summit church in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, he's got a cool voice. He's one. I mean, I, I respect him greatly. His church has put out a position paper on women in ministry um, called One in Christ. If anybody would like to look that up, it's right there on the Summit Church RDU, I think it's their website, Raleigh-Durham. I didn't know they were in Raleigh. I just told you that like 30 seconds ago. Yeah, wasn't paying attention. I was looking at the timer. <laughs> yes, they are. They are in Raleigh, uh, Raleigh-Durham area. They put out a position church on this, and the way that they present it, and and I agree largely with what they have written in this, and it's something that we may as a church consider adopting a large part of what they've written, mm-hmm. just so there's clarity to our stance on it. But their understanding of this passage, as I understand the, the paper they've written, is that Paul is largely, the emphasis here is just as much over the authority as it is the teaching, and it's not necessarily teaching a Sunday school class, teaching a small group, teaching a, a women's Bible study, teaching even a, a mixed gender small group. Yeah. It's the authority of standing in the pulpit and teaching as an elder okay. during your church service or whatever that looked like for them at sure. that time. That's what it would be in our time, right. a Sunday morning church service. Paul is obviously uh, not saying women can't teach in the church. Um, he, there's examples of it in Scripture with Priscilla uh, yeah. teaching Apollos. You have Lydia, who was one of the church planners in her home in um, the church in Philippi. So women play integral parts in the church. I think there is no question of that. I, personally, as a church and as just a personal believer, I I think women need to be in the role of teaching. I think that's yeah. required. Women are, are given the gift of teaching. Yeah. But the role of pastor is where things start to get a little bit different. Um, the role of pastor, uh, the, the qualifications are broken down for us in Second Timothy and in the book of Titus are the main places that we see these roles. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to go ahead and read the passages. It's Second Timothy chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. It says, 
The saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer, which is an elder, a pastor, um, they're the same office in Scripture. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or he may become puffed up with conceit and fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought out, well thought of by outsiders so that he may not fall into disgrace, into a snare of the devil. And then Titus chapter 1, beginning in verse 6. An elder must be blameless, faithful to his wife, a man whose children believe and are not open to the charge of being wild and disobedient since an overseer manages God's household. He must be blameless, not overbearing, not quick-tempered, not given to drunkenness, not violent, not pursuing dishonest gain. It's, it's really a lot of repetition of what was said in Second mm-hmm. Timothy. Mm-hmm. So the argument saying that the role of pastor, the office of pastor, elder, overseer is limited to a man is this. In those passages that give the qualifications for a pastor or an elder or an overseer, it is always referred to as a man. Yeah. And in those examples that we see in Scripture, you never see a man who serves in a priestly role, in a pastoral role, in a shepherding role. Um, did I say never see a man? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you never did. see a woman, only see a man <laughs> serving in those roles. So the argument for men in that role are these two passages primarily mm-hmm. and the evidence from Scripture that it never happened um, in biblical times. So now your thoughts. In modern day society, um, what about the role of pastor and women? Yeah, I think. For me, it's just it's hard to see the scripture be so clear about it. I struggle to understand how you could um, come to any other um, answer as far as that goes. And I know that there are churches here locally too. Um, I kind of got myself in trouble last time I specifically mentioned a church, but uh, First Baptist uh, Jefferson City, uh, I know, has a, a woman pastor now and has for maybe quite a few years, um, and I, I just don't see, I don't see how you can take how you can read these portions of the Bible um, and these specific verses and think that that's how God envisioned it, um, and I think that. You know, it's our responsibility as a church, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the church is a a perfectly designed system ran by imperfect people. I, I mean, we sin every day, maybe not Megan, me and you probably do, um, but, you know, I sin every day and, and I'm not a perfect person, um, but I just feel like that's something, I don't know how, how people get it wrong, I guess, is my thought on it. Yeah. Yeah, it's very cut and dry if you're looking uh, scripturally based and I feel like this can be a topic that right now especially in our culture is not um, gonna be happy with not be accepting of because we're all about equality and women's rights and yes I fully agree with all of that because I mean I'm a woman and I 
I like my rights and my equality that I have. Um, but there are certain things that if we're going to stand by Scripture, we have to go with the truth of the Scripture and not what's more popular um, in our culture. Yeah. She's so much smarter than me. Yes. That's, no, I'm not. Well universally <laughs> I know, yeah. yeah you know so much more Jeopardy than I do. Yeah, well, <laughs> that doesn't count. Useless facts. You know the stuff yeah. that matters, man. That's no, not that's useless. not true. Hey, if Aaron Rodgers is going up for Jeopardy, that's not useless. <laughs> so, um, I just lost my train of thought. We okay on time, Jesse? Yeah, we're right. about 20 so, minutes. So, anyways, um, as a church, well, just I'm going to give you my personal perspective because mm-hmm. – while I do speak for the church, I think it's important that I get my personal view out there. I don't think we survive without women. No. Um, women are so important to what we do. Um, I don't know why God designed it the way he designed it. But for whatever reason, he has placed that role of pastor, elder, overseer onto a man. Um, it does not give us a reason why he, he planned it that way. But I think it's clear that he did plan it that way. Yeah. Um, we don't have to know the answers to the questions. We don't know everything, um, all the secrets of God and why he did things the way he did things. But he did. So as yeah. a church, we need to be um, faithful to what the Bible teaches. So we stand on that. that uh, we believe that that office should be held by a man that is biblically qualified. The The office of pastor, elder, overseer, what they do, according to Scripture, is they are the ones who lead the church. Uh, they are the ones who are responsible for teaching the Word. Mm-hmm. They have to protect the church from false teaching. They have to pray for the sick, equip the saints, and they have to use proper judgment in doctrinal and theological matters. And, yeah, I stole all that from the J.D. Greer. <laughs> hey, that's fine. No. It, it outlined it really well. Um. I think, and we can discuss this for a minute, I think that the office of pastor has been elevated in the minds of people that it becomes a pride issue. And I, I think that it becomes a, why can't I do that? I'm, I'm, I'm just as good as you are. Mm-hmm. And really the office of pastor should not be elevated mm-hmm. as being considered better. It's more responsibility but it doesn't make the pastor any better than anyone else in the church. So speak to that for a minute. What what, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, I think a lot of it, especially, um, man, I'm really big, you know, you recommended that American Gospel to me. It's probably been like a year and a half ago, but me and you watched it um, mm-hmm. together, actually. And, you know, I think that uh, so much of that comes from these big superstar pastors um, like, uh, gosh, what is the guy's name? Joel Olstein and like people like that, you know, um, that I think that people just put them on that pedestal and think that it's a great grand position to be. And it is an awesome position to be called to, uh, to be a pastor. But there's so much. Um, I think that people only see the good side of that, and I don't think that they see all the hard work and the uh, day-in, day-out stuff that goes into it. Like, um, you know, for instance, I think – what time did you get here this morning? Probably like 8 or 9, something like that. 
Uh, actually, today I came in late, but you more, most oh. mornings I'm here about seven forty. So the bad day to, to bring up this <laughs> right, example, man. yeah. But um, and then how you've got a group after we finish this? Um, I guess they've not texted back. Podcast, yeah. So I mean, you know, there's a lot of things that go into it, and and people don't think about all the probably like late calls that you get of of wanting people or of needing you to pray with them or do do some things like that. Yeah. Um, you know, well, I just I- think like a doctor on call but yeah you you're never not on call yeah i wish i got paid like a doctor can we make, <laughs> you're on the church council let's make that happen yeah we'll see what we can do yeah <laughs> yeah um but anyways I, I think that uh that that is probably the vision a lot of people have with it um and you know i think megan made a great point about just like where our culture's at and like how everything is viewed and yes i believe in a workplace that women should be paid as much as men and, and all these different things but um, I just don't feel like that this position specifically to stand behind the pulpit, um, you know, I think that's something that needs to be walked into with a lot of reverence. Um, I only had I've had one chance to uh, teach uh, on a Sunday morning and, I, you know, I don't want to say gave, give a message or anything like that. And, um, you know, I was I was blown away by just how nervous I was to get up there and talk in front of people, but not necessarily that it was talking in front of people. I just felt so much weight on my shoulders because I was I was going to be given a message that God had laid on my heart. Mm-hmm. And, and just for me to be in a place where I felt like I could get everything that he was telling me and that he was speaking to me throughout the week across. Right. And I say the week, I mean, like the two nights before that I actually <laughs> studied for it, you know. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I just – those are my thoughts on it. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, you're talking about um, people are like, well, I mean, I can do that. I, he, I'm better than he is, and I could be the pastor type thing. Um, I was listening to a podcast. Um, was it Office Ladies? It was not Office oh. Ladies. This was actually <laughs> – a biblical pop podcast. Yeah, Office ladies podcast. are for my Wednesday afternoons. <laughs> uh, but anyways, they were talking about obedience, um, and they were talking about specifically um, how your children don't understand sometimes the rules that you give them, um, and we're the same way with God. There's so uh, back, especially in the Old Testament, when God was giving all of these rules um, to the Israelites, He would give them rules to obey, but He wouldn't explain you know, why he was giving them those rules, but it was to keep them safe and it was for their good. Um, and I feel like um, as controversial as this topic is about women being pastors in a church, if scripture says something black and white, women should not be in this leadership role, then God has a reason for it, even if he's not giving us that reason. And so we as women, um, as great as we are women. That's right. Um, She's not right. We have yeah. to be obedient to God in that. And if he says that, then I'm going to obey and, and submit. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I know that it's a touchy subject, and we don't want to ever come across like we are thinking women are any less than men. No. Because yeah. I, I think that a woman, I think a woman is just as capable of doing it, but for whatever Absolutely. reason. God has called men to do it. Yeah. Um, when we look at a case like Saddleback, though, mm-hmm. and they they did not ordain women into the lead pastorate; they did ordain them into associate pastorate roles. What's your all's thoughts on that? Knowing that you haven't really researched it, but what's your kind of 
you you all have grown up in church and been around yeah. it. Is it okay for a woman to have the title pastor in an associate role? I think just my knee jerk reaction um, to kind of hearing that is, I especially you know going through all this you know over these last few uh, minutes here, I I don't know. I don't know if I would be okay with uh, a woman being ordained um, is kind of my thought on it. Um, just because, you know, like Megan said, it, it's kind of black and white in the scripture of, of what that leadership role looks like uh, from a pastoral standpoint. And I don't really know the role of an associate pastor. I've never really worked at a church where there – or been at a church where there was an associate pastor, I guess. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Megan, you got thoughts on it? I honestly, I don't have an opinion towards it. I mean, yes, I have said scripture is black and white, um, that women shouldn't be pastors. So if I'm going off scripture, I would say I don't understand why they decided to ordain them after this long, this much amount of time that they've been serving in the church. Yeah. Um, So that's my initial knee jerk reaction. But what would you say? That's what I would agree with. we have to be careful in any church of putting the lead pastor on a pedestal and saying they're running the church. Uh, biblically, it's it's not just an elder; it is a plurality of elders. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my view, once they are ordained into the pastoral role, they are becoming <laughs> elders of the church, which we've just read. Yeah. In our opinion, is unbiblical to what Scripture says. So I don't think it is appropriate for women to be ordained, even as associate pastors. Yeah. Um, so we would not do that here at Northview Church. Uh, so we, we are governed by a plurality of elders who are not on staff. They're not paid staff members, but we yeah. have we have three elders. We have an oversight committee that joins them, our church council. Um, and that's how, how we stray. And there is a woman on that, and we're okay yeah. with that. Um, but, but the elders kind of hold... The way we're structured, the elders hold the final say with the church's approval. I mean, yeah. the church can still vote on things, but they've trusted the elders to do right. most of the work, if that makes sense. I just talked all over the place on that. We hold to a doctrine called complementarianism. Um, and that's not a doctrine we talk about, but it is the doctrine of the Southern Baptist Church. So, Jesse studied that. Give us a definition of complementarianism. Well, before we talk about complementarianism, I'm going to tell a funny story. So, uh, Meg, as Megan knows, and Greg, I think you're a pretty uh, big listener on the sports animal as well. Yeah. So, uh, it's been about five or six years ago, I guess now. Uh, remember when Rajon Neal played for uh, Tennessee? He was a running back. Yeah. There was another running back with him that split time, and I forget what his name was now, but I tell this story anytime anybody says anything about compliment. Um, and it was kind of Jimmy Himes that asked him a question. Um, Marlon Lane was the other one. Marlon Lane. So he asked Marlon Lane, he said, Marlon, how do you and uh, Rajon Neal compliment each other on the field, like with your running styles and things like that? And Marlon said, well, man, you know, whenever Rajon has a good run, I say, man, that was a good run. And whenever I have a good run, he was like, man, I can't believe you made that move. He was like, so we just, we compliment each other all the time, you know? And, uh, yeah, different compliment there. And I just, you know, I don't know. I tell people that story every time I hear the word compliment, and it, it kills me. I think it's the funniest I, thing I ever. I could see how you'd make that mistake, but. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good run, man. Good run. Um, but anyways, I, I think compliment 
libertarianism um, just from the brief research I was able to do on it today. Um, and, you know, I read the uh, what you had from the uh, J.D. Greer a little earlier, but I think it's just the, I guess, harmonious balance between men and women um, just in every, not, not only in the church, but in everyday life, but specifically in the church. Um, there are things that Megan can do that I have no business doing and that I shouldn't do. Um, and then I don't know if I can really do anything that Megan can't do, but... <laughs> <laughs> but that's the idea behind we it. We all doubt that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah the, the idea behind the doctrine is that God created man and woman equal in every way, yeah. but complementary in our functions. That in the church, um, in the role of pastor, and in the role of what women and men do in the church, yeah. as well as in the family, um, God <coughs> created the man to be the head of the family, but not better than the wife. Yeah, and to serve each other and. For the wife to be submissive, but the man to serve like Jesus, which means you give up everything for her. Um, the men kind of got the raw end of the deal on that, to be honest <laughs> with you. Nobody ever looks at it that way. So, um, so we are complementary, and we believe that women should be upheld and be equipped just as anyone else in the church should be. Yeah. We believe a woman can hold any role in the church other than pastor. And we err on the side of caution with the role of deacon as well. There is an argument that can be made for women serving as deacons. Um, we err on the conservative side of that, yeah. and, and we don't place women in deacons' roles. Um, but there are churches that do, and the Summit Church where J.D. Greer is at is one of those churches that puts women in those roles. Yeah. Um, so ultimately, the only one that we are for sure about that I feel comfortable saying is men are ordained into the pastoral elder um, overseer ministry. But that brings up a big question with maybe the most famous uh, missionary in the history of Southern Baptist, and that's Lottie Moon, who we mm. do a special offering for every year because, yep. well, the offering's not for her. She's long gone, <laughs> but um, in her name to support international missionaries, uh, Lottie Moon was a preacher. Um, she had to go out. She had to preach the gospel to unreached people, and yet we as Southern Baptists recognize her for her uh, accomplishments and her uh, contributions to the mission field every single year we talk about it so is that being contradictory didn't know that one was coming did you oh well, i saw no, lottie I moon not. i did see lottie moon on there um you know i think of it as i i don't personally think of it as contradictory um and i don't know all of the Everything that went into uh, w with what Lottie Moon was doing, I don't know if she was married and her husband was there. I, you know, I don't know any background on Lottie Moon besides they pass out the envelopes um, every year around Christmas. Um, but my thinking on it is if she was the only one that could get out there and spread the word, yeah, I mean, here I am, send, here I am, God send me. You know, I, I just feel like, um, I don't know. I, yeah. I don't think it mattered. I mean, I think that she was doing what God had called her to do. Um, uh, and you know what? That could be, you could look at it as teaching or yeah. you could look at it as preach. I don't know. I would look at it as teaching. Yeah, from what I've speak. read about Lottie Moon, she was a complementarian. She believed in, in men's and women's roles being specifically called. Yeah. But at the same time, there were no men that were willing to go. Yeah. She yeah. was willing to go. And, I think that we see that play out in our world today all the time in broken families. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, when that's a good. A point. woman has to step up and take the lead of the household for yeah. whatever reason, because a man ran off and left, or maybe the husband died, or whatever it may have been. Yeah. Um, so there has to be grace in that, and I don't think there's any contradiction in recognizing Lottie Moon for her contributions because things I've read, she was begging men to come. Yeah. And they didn't come. Well, and if she hadn't done it, I mean, how many how many people are we going to meet in heaven one day because of her? Exactly. You know? And I think she is a perfect example of the Lord having grace and using women even in roles that men were probably called to when men won't step up. Yeah. Um, so where do we land as a church, I guess, is one thing that we need to address before we close this out. We land on the conservative side as a church. Uh, we, we would say um, that women cannot serve in, a, in the ordained pastoral role. At this time, we would even say a woman cannot serve as a, in the deacon role, even though we don't ordain deacons here. We just yeah. uh, uh, dedicate them and recognize them. Um, even though there's an argument there that I'm willing to have, and who knows, maybe I can be convinced to go the other way, I don't think there's an argument on the pastoral role. Yeah. So that's how we fall on it. Um, at Northview Church, a, a woman cannot hold that office. But where the, the line is drawn most often is can a woman stand up here and give a message on Sunday morning? Um, that's where it has fallen with, with Beth Moore. That's one of the issues is she speaks in churches on Sunday mornings, and people don't like that. They view that as her, even though she's not ordained as a pastor, she is performing the function of the pastor, um, if that makes sense. Um, I have never had an issue with a woman wanting to do that. I've never had a woman ask me if they can yeah. give the message. I don't have, I haven't had many men ask, <laughs> but I've never had a woman ask. So that's something we'll address if it ever comes up. Yeah. I would say we'd be very cautious about it um, and probably would lean towards probably would lean towards protecting that that office and not doing that um but that's a situation that i don't know what we'll do we'll cross that bridge when we get there yeah well i think too i mean for somebody like beth moore or or somebody like that i would think like if she was coming in on a sunday morning that would be kind of a special occasion kind of thing i don't know if i'd necessarily think of it as preaching if she was just speaking to yeah Um, but there are those that do because That is the time that is set apart for the exhortation of the church by an elder. Yeah. Um, but you can also make the case that if, if that's what we're going to say, then I should never let you preach. Hey, <laughs> sounds good to me. <laughs> because you're not an ordained elder. Yeah, yet. that's right. Um, maybe in the future. Um, and not just you, but anyone who we've let speak that's not ordained. Um, so I think that's an argument that, that probably need we probably need to hash that out as a church and, and come up with a a hard and fast rule on that because we do not have yeah. a particular stance on that. So as we go into the SBC, and I know you guys aren't going unless you want to. I can, nope. I can get you guys in. You want to go? Yeah. Um, if they take up this resolution, the idea behind the resolution is changing the wording of what this says. Uh, where did I write that on here? That the Office of office of pastor is limited to men is qualified by scripture they want to change that to say the office and function of a pastor is limited to men as qualified by scripture in other words saying in those instances if beth moore's at our church we could not let her perform the preaching okay 
So where would our hope be that the SBC lands on that, and why would you feel that way? And then I'll share my thoughts. Yeah. I know you haven't thought about this. So. Well, I think um, just my initial thought on it is kind of what I um, alluded to a little earlier. Like, I, I think that if – and I know this is a very specific example with Beth Moore. Um, but I think if Beth Moore came on a Sunday morning um, – and she wanted to share something from one of her books or one of her studies or something like that, I personally, sitting out in the crowd, I would not have an issue with it whatsoever. Um, And I think, too, you know, why would I view that any different than, you know, Priscilla teaching Apollos or um, Lydia hosting a church in her home? Because just because we as uh, modern-day churchgoers have the perception of, Sunday morning, that's when the worship has to take place, yeah. and that's when the message has to be brought. The message can be brought anytime, any place. Um, so if if there's a guest speaker, I don't know. That's just uh, that's kind of gray for me. I think I'd have to I'd have to do a lot more thinking on it. That's kind of where I fall on it. Yeah, yeah. So you got thoughts? <laughs> no, I Megan agree like, with yeah. you all. No, <laughs> yeah. you that makes a lot of sense what you just said. So. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, kind of my hopes with what the the SBC us as a convention take up um, is that we don't change it because most people are confused about what the Southern Baptist Convention is. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Southern Baptist Convention is, is just a group of autonomous churches who originally came together partly for some bad reasons concerning slavery, but we've repented of that. Yeah, <laughs> but the main goal was to pool our resources to send missionaries. Yeah. Um, each church is an autonomous church. Now, we should have a statement of faith that we all agree to. Yeah. But when it's not black and white in Scripture, we don't need to put that on churches to obey. So I look at a church like Saddleback. I wholeheartedly disagree with them ordaining women into associate pastorals. We will never do that here. Yeah. But they're an autonomous church, and that's between them and the Lord. Uh, there are those who want to disfellowship them from the Southern Baptist Convention. I, I don't think that's necessary unless I'm not looking at this from the right angle. I've not been convinced of that yet. Um, so I hope that they don't change it. I hope that they leave it as is. I think it's clear as it needs to be that uh, the office of pastor is limited to men as qualified by Scripture. And, uh, and that's my hope for the convention as it comes up. So, yeah. any last thoughts you'd like to share on the role of women in ministry? No, I'm happy that we're finished. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't think I have any thoughts on that. But gosh, I, you know, knowing all this is going on now, I wouldn't mind going to the Southern Baptist Convention. It sounds like that thing might get wild. Yeah, I'll tell you some stuff after we uh, after we finish this here because it's pretty interesting. I bet. Yeah, yeah. I bet. I don't gosh. follow it real closely until the convention's coming up, and then I start paying attention to stuff. Yeah. Um, but it could get pretty I know, yeah, pretty was, ugly. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, uh, if you guys have nothing else to add, you good? Yeah. All mm-hmm. right. Well, thank you all for joining us on this uh, edition of Maybe You're Interested. We'd love for you to come visit us here sometime at Northview Church. We're at 340 West Dumplin' Valley Road, right in the middle of Kodak, across from the Optimus Park. And if you can't get out here, maybe you don't mm-hmm. live in the Kodak area, you can always join us online at 1030 every single Sunday. We stream live, and you can join us for worship that way. Yeah. And we'd love to hear your feedback on this topic. We, we don't pretend to have all the answers. If you could nope. not tell by listening to us, <laughs> we don't have all the answers. 
years. Um, we, I feel pretty passionately about um, the qualification of men as pastors, but outside of that, everything I said was opinion. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I was hoping since Megan was coming on, I thought maybe we'd say five words and she would just do the whole thing. That was yeah. my hope. Oh, um, sorry to disappoint you. Hope. No, it's okay. <laughs> um, so if you have thoughts, please share them with us. You could uh, reach out to us on Facebook, send us a private message, or email me, greg at mynorthview.church. If it's a nasty email, I'll still respond, but I won't like it. Um, anyways, thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll see you next week on the next episode of Maybe You're Interested.